0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a sermon series where we've been studying the lives of the apostles. We get titled it "The 12. And it's really all about how Jesus impacted 12 ordinary men and changed their lives We're he did extraordinary things through their lives, and this has been our summer series. I think this is our eighth or ninth week in this series, and the last week, if you were here, you, we had a guest speaker, and Pastor Nick from Marysville, Washington Grove Church, and he spoke on Judas, which was an incredible message, and I encourage you to go to our website, and you can watch that message again if you missed it, but... Uh, Uh, Today, we're going to continue in our series of the 12. And before we begin, I want to just ask you a question for each and every one of us here today. And I want you just to kind of ponder this question Have you ever had a God encounter? Have you ever been touched by the presence of God? Maybe it was here at the altars where all of a sudden we had an invitation. And by the way, you never need an invitation to come down to the altars to pray. At the end of service or during worship, you're always welcome to come to the altars and pray if God is calling you and God is touching your life. But maybe it was at the altars where you had a God encounter. Maybe it was at the kitchen uh, where you were Making breakfast, and all of a sudden, the power of God started touching your life at the dining room table. Maybe you're driving your car on the way to work, and you're listening to worship music, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the presence of God all of a sudden it touched, started to touch your life, and you started to weep because you felt His goodness, you felt His love, and this joy came upon you. Have you ever been touched by God's presence? Have you ever had a God encounter in your life? And if you haven't, it's okay. Because it's something I want to talk about today. Because I believe a God encounter is what changes us. We can talk about Jesus, but when we experience Jesus, something else takes place in our life. It's kind of like the Samaritan woman. She was trying to live for God. But I love that encounter because all of a sudden Jesus went out of his way and he went to Samaria. Because he needed to talk to a woman who was lost. And he came to that woman, and all of a sudden he started to share about a living water where she didn't need to thirst anymore. You know what? I know the problems. I know your difficulties. You don't have to walk in that anymore. If you knew what I had for you, if you if you only knew what Jesus had for you, it can change your life. It changed her life. Throughout the Bible, we see God encounters. How about us today? Are we experiencing those encounters with God? A friend of mine, which many of you know, Mike Baldessare, who's now in Ohio, but he got saved at this church on an Easter Sunday, and he was kneeling down here at the altars. And as he was kneeling down on the, on the altars, he, he just was broken. He, life was just, he had nothing. He was just, that's where he was at. He, he was sharing it with me, his testimony. And he said he was just crying out to God. And then all of a sudden, as he's crying out to God, he sees Jesus on the cross. And it was an experience because he saw Jesus on the cross dying for his sins. Dying for his sins. Not for the world's sins, which Jesus did. I get that. But he saw Jesus dying for his sins. And it changed his life. Because he had a God encounter. One of our friends in Las Vegas, she had a God encounter. And this is a crazy story, but she had a God encounter when she was overdosed on cocaine. She said her vision went black. She couldn't see a thing. All of a sudden, she knew she was dying. She said she actually started seeing her funeral. She was in the casket. Her family was around her. She was crying. And all of a sudden, she, she didn't want to die. She cried out to Jesus. She says, I don't want to die. If you are real, save me. And immediately, she said, peace came over her life. And she woke up in the hospital because the ambulance had taken her to the hospital. Because, and the doctor said she had so much cocaine in her system, they don't know why she lived. We know the power of Jesus. It radically changed her life where she is no longer a prostitute, but now she does a ministry where she reaches out to the prostitutes and she brings them off the streets of Las Vegas. And she shares about the love of Jesus to them. Because guess what? She had a radical encounter with Jesus. Have you had an experience with Jesus lately, or have you ever? Jesus just is waiting for you to have that encounter. Mine happened at an altar in family camp. I was 13 years old. Pastor Linfield Crowder, I still remember it, he had stories that could put fear into your life. I mean... It was kind of like today, you know, we kind of gave a real life example. You kind of walked out of hell today. It was so hot outside and you walked into heaven where it was so cool inside. Man, he would dangle you over hell with a rotten stick and it was just about ready to break. And he said, come down to the altars. And it sounds like a lot of emotions, but I remember coming down to the altars when I was 13 years old at family camp. And I was just, I was so overwhelmed with the presence of God. It touched my life. It changed me. I knew in that moment God was calling me. Are you going to make a decision to follow me? I made a decision that day to follow Jesus. Not only to follow Jesus, but I knew that God put a call in my life. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew I had a call in my life. And I said, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do. Today, at 13 years old, I, I don't even know what adulthood is like. At 13 years old, I'm making a decision for the rest of my life. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do. Why? Because I had a God encounter. I had an experience with Jesus. I think we've all had God encounters at different times in our lives. Maybe you haven't, but I'm praying that you do. And it's what we do with those encounters that can make all the difference in our eternity. Do we choose to believe Or not to believe. Do we choose to listen to God's voice or do we not choose? Today we're going to talk about a disciple who had an encounter with Jesus. It was an encounter that forever changed his life. But what I love about this story is that this story starts off with doubts. And so many times, most of us, when we have our first encounter with Jesus, guess what? We start off sometimes with doubts. We hear about, oh, that can't be true, that can't be real. But then all of a sudden, something changes. Listen to this story in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 43. And I encourage you today, if you have your Bibles or if you have your devices, that you have, just stay in John chapter 1 because I'm going to be referencing that in this entire message. Listen to the words. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. We talked about this already when we talked about the disciple Philip. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, and Nathanael was the disciple we're talking about today. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here's truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip even called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very, very, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today, and I pray once again that your word, Lord God, will impact our lives, that it will touch our lives, that it will penetrate our hearts, that, Lord God, your word is not just something that we read on a piece of paper and they just disappear, but, God, your word will become rhema. It will become powerful. It will become a word, Lord God, that will change us. I pray that for each and every one of us today. Let the power of your Holy Spirit work in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As you can see, Nathaniel had an encounter with Jesus, and many times our initial, our first initial reaction to the introduction of Jesus can be I, can can happen with unbelief, just like Nathaniel's. Could this really be Jesus? Could this really be the Savior? Could this really be the Messiah? Even though Nathaniel's encounter started with unbelief, we know that in this story it finished with faith and de- devotion. And the question for us today is this, what was Nathaniel's process? How did he go from unbelief to faith? Because that's what we all need to do. We need to all go from unbelief and we need to step into faith. So much faith, we're at a point where it says, God, whatever you do, whatever you want me to do, we sung the song, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Let me get begin by sharing some background on Nathaniel because I think just background helps us in this story, first it's important to understand that the disciple Nathaniel also goes by Bartholomew. So you'll see both names. In the Gospel of John, it is always, he is always referred to as Nathaniel, And then in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in the book of Acts, he goes by Bartholomew. And really the name Bartholomew is his surname. It's his last name. It's kind of like when I was on the playground when I was growing up as a kid. They used to call me Westerfield. Hey, Westerfield, get over here. Well, that's his last name, Bartholomew. So it would really kind of go like Nathaniel Bartholomew, if that makes sense. So he goes by two names, different names, depending on which, which uh, gospel that you, that you read. But Nathaniel's name in Hebrew means God has given. Nathaniel is from Cana in Galilee. The location where Jesus performed the very first miracle of turning water into wine at the wedding festival. Where, when his mother Mary said, Jesus, we got to do something. And he turned water. That's the hometown of Nathaniel, And there's not a lot recorded about Nathaniel. In fact, most of the information, almost the entire information that we have of Nathaniel, is found in the Gospel of John chapter 1. That's where it's at. We do know this. That, the, that Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus. And when you read through the scriptures, Philip and Nathaniel always seem to be connected. So there seems to be a very strong friendship between the two. And another point that I want to start with, um, that I believe is so important for us to understand, is the context of John chapter 1. Because it's interesting that the disciple John chose to put in Nathanael's testimony, Nathanael's calling, the way that Nathanael came to find Jesus. He, John said, i got to record this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, I've got to record this because this is important. And I want you to understand why I believe, why John put this in the first chapter. He's establishing a foundational truth that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God. In fact, it's the purpose of the whole book of John, the gospel of John, the purpose is made very clear in John chapter 20, verse 31. John writes, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, John's whole desire I know we're talking about Nathaniel, but i got to set this up first. John's whole desire is that he's not just writing a letter that makes people feel good. He's writing a letter so that he can all of a sudden introduce and reveal the Son of God, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He wants people to read the gospel that he's writing so all of a sudden it can impact their life and it can change their life forever. John was establishing the divinity of Jesus, the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And this first chapter is John's introduction to that truth. And if you follow along, it's amazing. John begins with these words as he starts off. If you have your Bible open, if you look in John chapter 1, you'll see these words. In the beginning, the word already existed. You can say it this way. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. Because the word is referring to Jesus. The Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. The Word was with God and the Word was God. John is speaking about Jesus. John even states, God created everything through him, Jesus. And nothing was created except through him. When you want your life changed, you don't go to some psychic. You don't go to some place that doesn't know what they're doing. When you knock on the door, the psychic says, who's there? How, why do they say that? Because they don't know anything. You go to the one who knows all things, and his name is Jesus Christ. You go to the one who has created you because he's created all things. John is establishing the divinity of Jesus in this message. Starting in verse 19. John begins to share the testimony of John the Baptist. This is still in John chapter 1. Who states, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Announcing Jesus as the Messiah. He's announcing that Jesus is the Savior. Then in starting in verse 35, John begins to share about the calling of the disciples. All into chapter 1. And he shares the words that we shared when I almost, I think this very first message I shared in this series. Where Andrew says, we have found the Messiah. Andrew goes to Simon Peter. He says, Simon Peter, I have found the Messiah. I have, see, John is establishing something here. And now we come to the last part of this first chapter of John. That ends with the story of Nathanael. Who declares, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Nathaniel is the first disciple to make this announcement. He is the very first one that says, Jesus, you are... The Son of God. You see, when you understand the first chapter of John, when you understand what John is trying to, to put together, he wants to make sure you understand that Jesus is just not the Messiah, he's just not the Savior. He is the Son of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Nathaniel's testimony is important to John's gospel as it continues to establish the evidence of Jesus. With this background information, I want to take a look at Nathanael's encounter with Jesus. And it begins first with unbelief. Remember when Philip approached Nathanael and he told him, we have found the one who Moses wrote about in the law. We just read that passage of scripture. Go back into 1 John, if you, or go back into John chapter 1 if you need to see it. Philip then says, his name is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then Nathanael immediately responds to that with this statement that Nazareth... Can anything good come from Nazareth? And then Philip replied, come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. See, Nathaniel begins his journey in finding Jesus with unbelief. And there's a reason why, because he's a a student of the Old Testament, both him and Philip have studied the Old Testament. They know the Old Testament. They, 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 they believe in the Old Testament. So they're looking for the Messiah. But the Messiah coming out of Nazareth, it didn't make any sense to him. It also gives, as you read this passage of Scripture, a sense of Nathaniel's dislike for the town of Nazareth. He just didn't like Nazareth. Can anything good come from it? It appears that like he was somewhat prejudiced against its people. We don't know the exact reason. We do know that Nazareth wasn't a, a sophisticated or a glamorous place. It, was, it wasn't a place of influence or it wasn't like Jerusalem. Nazareth was considered to be kind of like out in the sticks. It wasn't Orange County, guys, okay? Nazareth wasn't it. But it's kind of also hard to understand Na- Nathaniel's biases because Nathaniel also came from K- Cana, which is in Galilee, which is in the same region, so, I mean, all of Galilee was kind of looked down upon by the, the sophisticated Jews. And, you know, Galilee, really? Could there anything? And so it's kind of interesting that Nathaniel has this bias. He saw Nazareth as inferior, but it demonstrates how many times we make judgments about things of God from our precept biases. I want to say that again. It demonstrates how many times we make judgments about the things of God from our preset biases we tend to look down on others because they don't look like us they don't act like us they're not educated like us they don't have a degree behind their name they're not very popular they don't have any followers on Instagram they don't know what TikTok is can you believe that seriously right now And so we have a tendency to judge people by our precept biases that we have formed in our life. And it's crazy how these precept biases can also hinder us from experiencing God's presence. For example, did you see, and you didn't wear your t-shirt today, you blew it. Did you see the worship pastor? He's wearing a t-shirt on stage and just jeans. Did you see one of, the, one of the singers? They had holes in their jeans. Are you kidding me? They can't, this is not No. They didn't sing one hymn. Can you believe that? Not one of the old hymns they didn't sing in that church. There cannot be the presence. Of God. See, we bring in our precept biases, and all of a sudden we discount God's presence. And what God wants to do. It could be the opposite way. You can go to a church that only sings hymns and the presence of God could be there and you could be missing out because you're, you're judging it. Don't bring your biases when you want to meet the presence of God. Nathaniel's first impression is one of doubt. Even though he hadn't even met Jesus yet, Nathaniel came in with a biased attitude, and it's a reminder for all of us that we need to set those things down. Nathaniel didn't understand that Nazareth played a significant role in the life of Jesus. According to Matthew chapter 2 verse 23, it fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus would be called a Nazarene, which also really went down the road to help fulfill the prophecies of psalms 22 and isaiah 53 where the messiah would be despised and he would be rejected jesus was never accepted by the religious community can anything good come from nazareth jesus didn't hold the proper education for a rabbi he didn't intern under the famous rabbi in jerusalem man he wasn't you know he That rabbi, he has a huge following. And Jesus was a carpenter's son. How could he be anything special? Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He He was born in a manger. He didn't grow up in a prestigious community. He grew up in a lowly community called Nazareth. Who is this Jesus who comes into our community and starts to share with us who God is? In fact, he even claims that he is God himself. And you see, so many people... We're missing Jesus because they had these preset biases. It didn't matter to the religious elite that the blind were seeing, the deaf were hearing, the lepers were being cleansed, the lame were walking, the demon-possessed were being set free, the hopeless were finding hope. None of that mattered because of their preset biases. Even though Nathaniel enters into his encounter with Jesus with this preset bias, look what happens next. When Philip and Nathanael were approaching Jesus, Jesus said to Nathanael, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Immediately, immediately Nathanael asked, How do you know about me? Notice that he didn't discount the words that Jesus said. He just says, How do you know about me? See, Jesus was calling Nathaniel's character as righteous. Jesus wasn't referencing his physical Jewish descent. Jesus was referencing his character. It was a huge compliment that Jesus was giving Nathaniel. Then Jesus said, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Now, we are not given the details of what's taking place. We don't understand everything that's going on in this, in this story because it just briefly is mentioned. We can probably assume that when, when Nathaniel's under that fig tree, he's probably either studying God's word or praying to God. There's something because that was providing shade for him to sit, to be able to study, to be able to pray. There's something going on there. But because of Nathaniel's reaction of what's taking place, we can assume this one thing: that Jesus just read Nathaniel's mail. Something happened in that encounter where all of a sudden Nathaniel's just going, "You are the Son of God." It was a supernatural encounter. The words Jesus spoke were directly targeted to Nathaniel's thoughts under that fig tree. In Jesus' day, you got to understand, and it happens in our day too, but man, it was so prevalent in Jesus' day. Where the, the, the religion was so filled with hypocrisy. The religious leaders were not authentic, and yet Jesus saw Nathaniel's true desire, his true heart for the truth. Nathaniel's heart was sincerely following after God. And look how the Apostle Paul... When the Apostle Paul addresses the Jewish community, he addresses it in this way to the Jewish community in Rome. Listen to his words in Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. It kind of helps explain what's happening here. For you are not a Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. You see, Jesus saw Nathanael's heart. He saw that his heart was circumcised. He saw that his heart, it wasn't just a flesh circumcision. It was a heart that was circumcised for God where he was cutting away from the sin and he was truly following after God. He was truly trying to be righteous before God. In Jesus' day, the Israelites were all about pedigree or lineage. They felt superior because they were sons of Abraham. And because of that, they felt superior. But see, Jesus saw in Nathanael's life a heart that was humbled before him. It is a great reminder for all of us today that our pedigree, that our lineage doesn't save us. It just doesn't. Jesus saves us. It doesn't matter if you attend church weekly. It doesn't matter if you're a part of the Bible study on Thursday morning or Tuesday night. It doesn't matter if you go to men's breakfast and you have that wonderful maple sausage that is so good that Jeff cooks up every Saturday. So come to men's breakfast. But it doesn't matter if you come to men's breakfast if you don't have Jesus in your heart. All those things are great. But what Jesus is looking for is a humbled heart that's before him. And he found it in Nathanael. This leads us to the second part of Nathanael's encounter with Jesus, faith. Look how Nathanael responded to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Because of Nathanael's sincerity, because of his faith, because of his humility, he was able to let go of precept biases and he was able to respond to Jesus' calling, you are the Son of God. Last week, Pastor Nick spoke about the heart of Judas. How, even though Judas walked with Jesus for three and a half years, guess what? Jesus didn't, or Judas didn't know Jesus. His heart and faith were not sincere towards God. When you compare Judas and Nathaniel, you have a striking difference in how people respond to Jesus differently. Nathanael was inspired by Jesus' words. They became revelation to his life. It's one of the things I speak here on a regular on a regular basis is why I pray before I preach all the time. I want God's word not just to be lax of days ago. I want it to be inspired that it would touch your heart and that it would touch your life, that it would bring revelation into you. He needs to change you. For Judas's Jesus' words were insignificant, insignificant. Jesus' words became irrelevant and had little impact on his life. When Philip first told Nathaniel about Jesus. Nathaniel didn't believe. But Philip didn't try to debate Nathaniel. Did you notice that? He didn't try to argue with Nathaniel, he didn't try to debate Nathaniel. Instead, Philip just said, "Come and see for yourself." Many times and so many times we try to debate and argue with people about Jesus. That doesn't do any good, guys. I mean, maybe sometimes it's great to introduce people to Jesus, but they need to experience Jesus for themselves. See, what really changes a person's life is not your argument. What's going to change a person's life is the power of the Holy Spirit. When all of a sudden the Holy Spirit touches the heart, all of a sudden you go, you had a God encounter. This thing is real. Sometimes it freaks people out. But what we do with that God encounter makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference to eternity. Sometimes our human arguments can cause more harm than good. We just need to introduce people to Jesus and let people experience God's power. Jesus saw Nathanael's great faith. Jesus replied to Nathanael, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? Jesus kind of seemed surprised of Nathanael's faith. that His faith was so strong by the words that Jesus shared that Nathanael always said, you are the son of God. Jesus said, oh, you're going to see greater things than this. You're going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I believe Nathanael immediately knew what Jesus was talking about. He immediately knew the reference in the Old Testament where Jacob had wrestled with the Lord and where Jacob had seen a ladder that was that was established on earth and it went all the way into heaven. And he saw angels descending and ascending on that ladder. Nathaniel immediately knew what Jesus was saying. Jesus is declaring to Nathaniel that he is the ladder sent from heaven. He is the bridge between God and humanity. For the next three years, Nathanael saw heaven. On earth. He saw the miracles that Jesus performed, the feeding of the 5,000, the blind eyes that were being seen, the lepers that were being healed, the deaf that all of a sudden, were all of a sudden could hear now. All of a sudden, the, the shriveled up hand all of a sudden became whole. He, started, he saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Guess what? It was heaven on earth. Because guess what? Jesus is the ladder between earth and heaven. And Jesus came for each and every one of us. He's our Savior. It's interesting that Nathanael declared Jesus, you are the son of God. And then Jesus introduces himself for the very first time in scripture as the son of man. It once again displays the bridge between God and man. As Jesus is both son of God and son of man. As John declared earlier in this chapter, chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe John shares Nathaniel's encounter in this first chapter because he is so vital to our salvation that we recognize that Jesus is not just a human being, but he truly is the Son of God. Jesus truly is God himself who gave his life for you and for me. Jesus loves us. Jesus cares for us. The ladder that I'm talking about today that Jesus created was not some ladder that you can go down to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy and think, oh, I'm to have a great ladder. No. This is a ladder that cost Jesus his life. Crucified. Nails that were pounded through his hands and through his feet. Crown of thorns spat upon the sacrifice he made to create this ladder from heaven to earth is marvelous. It's amazing. That God Himself, see, John needed people to understand that we're not just talking about a prophet. We're not just not talking about a good person. We're talking about the Son of God, Jesus Himself. He is the Son of God. He came from He needed Nathaniel's testimony. Because Nathaniel recognized it immediately. This is the Son of God, the King of Israel. And from that moment, I, could, I just think Nathaniel's life is amazing because he recognized it so early in the days where from day one, he recognized that this is the Son of God. And he's walking with Jesus. He's experiencing heaven on earth. Is it time for you to start experiencing heaven on earth? Are you experiencing hell on earth? You have a choice. You can continue to walk in unbelief. Or at some point you can say, Lord, help my unbelief. And you can choose to start walking in faith and following Jesus. That's your day today. To make a choice to walk with Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. It is powerful. It is effective. It changes lives. I pray today for each and every one of us that we will truly understand the sacrifice that you made for each one of us. That we will not take it lightly. That we will realize it cost everything when you came from heaven to earth. It cost you everything. But you were willing to freely do so because of your love for us. And I pray for those here today that maybe have had encounters with you but have never made the decision to truly follow after you. Today would be the day of salvation. Today that unbelief, like Nathaniel, he put his precept biases, he put his unbelief to the side. And he all of a sudden started following you with great faith. I pray for today for some of you that the the Lord would just speak to you by the power of his Holy Spirit. And you would experience a God moment in your life. And you would choose to follow him. We would do a disservice if we don't give opportunity for people to make a decision for Christ. Sometimes I ask for hands raised, sometimes I don't. And today all I want you to do is to repeat this prayer, all of us together. And if you're watching us online or if you're here today, and if you are truly making a decision to follow Jesus, if you truly want to surrender your life to Jesus, if you choose to stay, I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life. We sang a song this morning. Here's where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt, I will make room for you. Are you ready to make room for Jesus today? And say this prayer with me today, Lord Jesus, today I choose to follow you. I put my faith in you. Set me free from my sins. Set me free from my past. Set me free from my hurt. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead me, direct me, guide me. Let me experience heaven on earth. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God is here today. His presence is real. Step into his presence and put your faith in Jesus. Watch what will take place. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.